Yo, yo, it's your brother Israel Benjamin. I just wanted to remind you to check out all the various shows that the Wildest Flock has to offer. We have Church in the Wild, 1982, Married Couples Anonymous, Page One Bible Study, Sticturity, Fresh Perspectives coming online soon. And this is Things Your Pastor Won't Tell You. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm your brother Israel Benjamin. And I'm Mrs. Benjamin. And this is Things Your Pastor Won't Tell You. On today's episode, we'll be discussing Egypt and the Bible's pronunciations on that lane. So, many of my dear audience members, I'm sure a lot of y'all are woke. I'm woke. I consider myself to be woke. Are you woke, Mrs. Benjamin? Well, I ain't sleep. Okay. <laughs> um, my dude, uh, Childish Gambino, said, don't sleep, because fools be creeping. <laughs> they going to find you. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a singer. <laughs> I'm not a singer. Uh, anyhow, for my woke culture out there, um, you might be aware, right, about you know Egyptian culture to some extent and how some people talk about reverting back to the religions of Egypt and you know because these is the religions of Africa bro you know this is the motherland and where we came from you know what I'm saying you know that's some of the woke culture and you know some of the discussions that go on I was talking to one of my close brothers one of my dear brothers he was talking to me about this brother uh named dr ashra quasi and dr quasi he um he he's pretty heavy in you know that that group that surrounds dr umar johnson and Tariq nasheed and you know some of these other brothers out there really representing you know the uh BPM, Dr. Quasi, from what my brother was telling me, and this isn't a direct quote, so forgive me if I'm mis misquoting Dr. Quasi, um, but to paraphrase, he said something along the lines of uh, Israel and Christianity, right, stole uh, the faith from Egyptian mythology. Oh. Yeah. The alleged theft specifically pertains to Haru being born to Isis without a living man. Oh. Yeah. I mean, there's even carvings uh, in the Egyptian hieroglyphs of a Madonna type and a young child. So a mother and child, which is pictured all throughout Roman culture, um, you know, that specifically... Uh, is meant to represent Mary and Jesus. So the Roman Catholics, they'll call Jesus, you know, uh, the, the, the son of God. And then they'll call Mary the mother of God. And, you know, these are some different and deep, you know, things that all these other religions are into, you know, including the Egyptian thing, you know, um, but I myself, if I was to add to that theory, 
because I'm not even going to sit here and try to combat it on this go round. Like, I got ammunition for it. I definitely have plenty of ammunition for it, but I'm not going to shoot it down. In this particular instance, this is me adding to that theory, right? Egypt also called a lot of its kings gods. Yeah. Just like the Christian religion calling its king Jesus God. Wow. Am I a believer sitting in a burning house right now? <laughs> my house is not burning. No. No, no, no. <laughs> See, my faith, my faith is well-founded. Very, very well-founded. And for all the other believers out there, don't freak out. Isis and Haru are not Mary and Jesus. That's not who they are. Let's go ahead and just plug along here. We're going to continue. Right. See, I'm myself. I, I told you I'm woke, right? <laughs> and I told you I'm a believer as well, right? I believe the Bible front to back. Yes, sir. That that kind of believer. Mm-hmm. You know, and I believe that it, it we can do all things that it says it could do. And I also believe that um, all the promises of God are true and that they will come true. Yes. Okay. Um, in addition to that, again, I'm a lover of Egypt and the land that today we call Africa. Mm-hmm. I have another friend. This friend um, is a friend from work. Now, he's a Christian guy. Um, he's a black Egyptian. And he hates this country. Wow. He hates Egypt because of his growing intolerance of Christianity and his hatred of America and Israel, hmm. calling the two the great Satan and the little Satan, respectively. Again, <laughs> this is something I'm not going to get into. We're not getting into all that. We're just talking about Egypt because today we're talking about Egypt. <laughs> okay. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about Egypt, ladies and gentlemen. This is the same Egypt. This this Egypt of today, right, was the same Egypt from back in Moses' day. This is a very, very old country. Yes. Okay, so they've been around for thousands of years. This Egypt, right? Yeah, Egypt was divided in two. Yes, Egypt was conquered. Yes, it was manipulated. It was changed. It was destroyed. It was rebuilt. It was this and that. It had many ups and downs. Been through some things. A lot like uh, <laughs> a lot of our audience members and a lot like the speaker himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, we've all been through some things, right? Um, <sighs> continuing on <laughs> with, uh, you know, what people say about Egypt today and the present day, right? Um, there are pastors today who give reference to the Egypt of the Bible as a symbol or type of worldliness that is in opposition to God. Yeah, heard that. They say, yeah, Egypt is a type of the world. That's what Egypt represents in the Bible. Throughout the Bible, Egypt 
and it's always something crazy and negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we do have for sure, you know what I mean, the fact that Egypt was rebelling or or preventing the Israelites from leaving. We know that for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, that was Pharaoh's work. Um and Pharaoh when he did that, Egypt faced you know, 10 different types of major calamity. But even before the calamity, I mean, they had ample warning from God, like God tried to be cool with them and and chill, you know, when it came to magic and stuff. Um, Because the Egyptians, like Dr. Ashra Kwesi, you know, even mentioned, right? Um, The Egyptians, they were tough. They were on to something. Now, what were they on to? Um, we'll find out in a little bit. But right here, you know, in reference to Moses being in that land, trying to fight for his people to be free. They were into some other stuff. Right. So Moses, who seemingly was also into something different. And this is me taking taking it from an ob- objective kind of a perspective. Right. According to the scriptures, Moses went out into the wilderness uh, of Midian and he, you know, met the most high uh, eventually, I think when he turned 80. And so when he met the most high, the most high sent them back with the staff and um, the promise of the deliverance of Israel. Mm-hmm. So Moses went back and he drops this staff in the presence of Pharaoh. And when he drops the staff, the staff becomes a serpent. Now, the Egyptians, they didn't freak out. The Egyptian magicians dropped their staffs and those staves all became serpents as well. The Bible says this. Sure does. That means that the Egyptians were actually on to something. It wasn't that. and, and, And see, Moses is going in the name of Yah, the most high God. Okay, so that's who he showed up and whose name he showed up in. And this very same thing that Moses showed up and did, these Egyptians were able to replicate that same thing. How, Sway? (laughs) You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers, Sway. Like, I mean, I swear a Kanye drop would go so good right there. Anyhow. Um, Moses's staff ate their staffs when it was a snake. Mm-hmm. Moses's staff that turned into a snake, a snake ate the other snakes. Yep. All the other snakes were eaten. And then Moses reaches down and picks up his staff. I don't know that his staff ever turned into a snake again, but the fact that it turned into a snake is super interesting yeah that was something but not only was he able to do it but also the egyptians were able to do it now that's that's not even we we haven't even gotten to point number one yet sorry uh i got sidetracked um i just thought that was pretty interesting and i thought that you might think it's interesting um, read your Bibles. <laughs> the Bible is full of some interesting stuff. Even if you don't believe, 
And you can, you know, scratch your head and say, oh, yeah, they believe this. Uh, you know, you can do your thing with that. You got plenty of fun with it. I promise you, if you read long enough, you're going to start believing, too. Yes. Um, if you read long enough. That is our prayer. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the Bible's filled with that kind of stuff. Okay, so um, where was I? Yeah, the pastor's calling Egypt a type of the world. Um, we're not going to dissect all these things today, all these claims. Um, this Ashra Quasi joint is pretty dope because, you know, I, I love what Dr. Quasi had to say. You know, I, I heard him speak a little bit briefly on this kind of thing. But it's dope because, um, not because he's debunking the faith, but um, he's actually supporting scripture accidentally. <laughs> yeah, he, he literally has, I mean, all these artifacts, all these different things that people present, you know, like um, they argued that there was no snake with legs until a snake was legs was found in the fossil record. You can look that up. You can look it up. Anyhow, <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff that we can sit here and try to dissect tonight. But that's not our goal tonight, y'all. We're not going to dissect all these various theories about Egypt. Um, what we're going to get into tonight, um, it's in reference to uh, what God says about Egypt. Right. So Egypt did receive some some curses and some some butt kickings. They got some some plagues. But doesn't the Bible say God chastens those whom he loves? Yeah, it does say that. If God chastens those whom he loves and he dropped some curses on Egypt. Right. If we look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, who else did he drop curses on? us people Israel <laughs> yes the Israel of the most high God God dropped some curses on his own people yes the biblical Israelites received curses from God most high and they were put in dire straits and sold into all kinds of countries all over the world yep Deuteronomy 28 and this is his chosen people Israel however we're not talking about Israel so much today yeah I mean kind of but today we're talking about Egypt right today we're going to look at point number one God told Israel and his sons to go to Egypt in Genesis chapter 46 point number two Jesus and his family fled to Egypt as refugees in the book of Matthew. That's chapter two. Now, point number three. God said that he will strike and heal Egypt. In Isaiah 19. Well, he said that he would strike Egypt. And that he would heal Egypt. Now, Mrs. Benjamin is saying, wow, 
about the striking and the healing of Egypt. But when she gets a load of what that scripture actually has to say, and dear audience, when you get a load of what the scripture actually have to say, um, I think you might be reciting the title of this things your pastor won't tell you episode, which is Egypt, my people, Ooh. Egypt, my people people well enlighten us not that they're your people i can't even say that egypt is my people however we're gonna take a look we'll start off with point number one egypt was the cradle of the original israelites the original israelites were fed and nursed in the cradle that is egypt that is true. That's where they had their beginning. And that's where they thrived. They actually thrived in their own land. They came in at 70 and they left with many, many more. So that's what I meant when I said they thrived. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Egypt came in with. Yeah. I mean, there it is, y'all. They came in to Egypt and they thrived. Like Mrs. Benjamin said. <laughs> um, so Egypt was the cradle of the original Israelites. We're going to take a look. Genesis chapter 46, verse three. Could you read that to us? Sure. It says, so he said, I am God, the God of your fathers. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make of you a great nation there. There in that land specifically now if you read along all the way till you get to um exodus we can even look at exodus chapter one or two um and you'll see that israel became a great nation in the land of egypt and that prophecy that god gave to jacob or israel uh it was fulfilled because Jacob and his sons, they got up and they went down. It was about 70 people. They went down to the land of Egypt. And there, in that land, they became a great nation. Like Mrs. Benjamin said, they thrived in the land of Egypt. Yes, sir. Now, that's point number one. Here we go, point number two. Okay, point number two. God called his son from Egypt. God called his son from egypt what does that mean right it's multifaceted um we know jesus was from nazareth right and he was originally born in bethlehem yep so that's like you have to ask the question where does egypt come in um and then this particular quotation originally applied to the nation of israel when god called israel uh, from the nation of Israel, like he called his own son to himself. But back to Jesus, Matthew chapter two, verses 13 through 23. Okay. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. 
When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male ch children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archaeus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. There it is. There it is. So Jesus went down into Egypt because the wicked King Herod was seeking his life. Now, a deep thing about the whole thing in Egypt, right? Uh, Moses, <laughs> he, he was kind of going through the same thing in Egypt when he was, you know, a young child, he was raised in his family's home, I think for at least three months and being raised in his family's home for three months. Um, you know, the edict went out for the young males to be killed and, Instead of killing him, his parents put him on a raft and they went up the river to uh, Pharaoh's daughter while she was in the water, you know, bathing um, in, in the Nile. And so um, she brought him in. She saw the child. She brought him into her house. And that same king who would have had Moses killed actually raised Moses. Yep. But it's interesting because both times. Egypt was involved in these uh, great deliverers lives, right? Both yeah. Moses and Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Mrs. Benjamin pointed out in, a, in the break that um, both the Josephs had dreams. Yes. Um, Joseph, uh, the, the, the son of Israel had a dream. And then Joseph, the stepfather of Jesus had a dream. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, young Jesus's life was in danger and Joseph was given a dream that he needed to go to Egypt. Yes. Um, Joseph, when he was in his father's house, the, uh, Israel's son, Joseph, when he was in his father's house, he had this dream of, you know, his family bowing down to him. And that was a dream that indicated that he was going to go to Egypt and be raised up to this high rank. Yes. And his brothers and his father had to show a level of respect to this great ruler uh, in Egypt who was their family member. Dope. Pretty dope. Pretty dope. 
God God keeps on, you know, for some reason putting Egypt in the mix. <laughs> um young Jesus's life was in danger, right? And then his parents, Mother Mary and his stepfather Joseph, took him down to Egypt as refugees to save his life. They went to Egypt when they, you know, should have been able to stay in their own land, but this dude is afraid of a young baby, you know, growing up one day to be king. Herod, this is. Herod's afraid that, you know, this young kid was going to grow up to be king. And so he had this, you know, a bunch of kids killed. And the one that he intended to be killed was not killed. He went to Egypt. Now, the Egyptians, when they were killing kids, um, Pharaoh raised him as his grandson. Yep. <laughs> Uh, he was his own Trojan horse. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's point number two. Point number three. This is the main point. This is actually the central point. And maybe it's the whole point of our discussion today. Um, and this is a question. What did God say about Egypt? What do you say? It's in the title. <laughs> Israel, my people. Israel. Oh, Egypt, my people. Hmm. Right. I mean, you would naturally want to say Israel, my people. Now, why in the heck would brother Israel Benjamin be going around talking about the God said that Egypt is God's people? When they were the ones that had the 10 plagues fall on their heads. They were the ones that oppressed the Israelites. Mm -hmm. They were the ones. Um, from whom God said to get out and go to your own country. So why in the heck is this people even considered for half of a second to be God's people uh let's take a look isaiah chapter 19 this is what god said about this african nation called egypt the burden against egypt behold the lord rides on a swift cloud and will come into egypt the idols of egypt will totter at his presence and the heart of egypt will melt in its midst i will set egyptians against egyptians Everyone will fight against his brother and everyone against his neighbor. City against city, kingdom against kingdom. The spirit of Egypt will fail in its midst. I will destroy their council and they will consult the idols and the charmers, the mediums and the sorcerers and the Egyptians. I will give into the hand of a cruel master and a fierce king will rule over them, says the Lord, the Lord of hosts. The waters will fell from the sea and the river will be wasted and dried up. The rivers will turn foul. The brooks of defense will be emptied and dried up. The reeds and the rushes will wither. The papyrus reeds by the river, by the mouth of the river, and everything, everything sown by the river will wither, be driven away, and be no more. The fishermen will also mourn. 
all those will lament who cast hooks into the river and they will languish who spread nets on the water. Moreover, those who work in fine flax and those who weave fine fabric will be ashamed and its foundations will be broken. All who make wages will be troubled of soul. Surely the princes of Zoan are fools. Pharaoh's wise counselors give foolish counsel. How do you say to Pharaoh, I am the son of the wise, the son of ancient kings? Where are they? Where are your wise men? Let them tell you now and let them know what the Lord of hosts has purposed against Egypt. The princes of Zoan have become fools. The princes of Naf are deceived. They have also deluded Egypt. Those who are the mainstay of its tribes. The Lord has mingled a perverse spirit in her midst and they have caused Egypt to err in all her work as a drunken man staggers in his vomit. Neither will there be any work for Egypt, which the head or tail palm branch or bulrush may do. In that day, Egypt will be like women and will be afraid and fear because of the waving of the hand of the Lord of hosts, which he waves over it. And the land of Judah will be a terror to Egypt. Everyone who makes mention of it will be afraid in himself because of the counsel of the Lord of hosts, which he has determined against it. In that day, five cities in the land of Egypt will speak the language of Canaan and swear by the Lord of hosts. One will be called the city of destruction. In that day, there will be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt and a pillar to the Lord at its border. And it will be for a sign and for a witness to the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt, for they will cry to the Lord because of the opp oppressors, and he will send them a savior and a mighty one, and he will deliver them. Then the Lord will be known to Egypt and the Egyptians will know the Lord in that day and will make sacrifices and offerings saying offerings. Yes, they will make a vow to the Lord and perform it and the Lord will strike Egypt. He will strike and heal it. They will return to the Lord and he will be entreated by them and heal them in that day. There will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria, and the Assyrian will come into Egypt, and the Egyptian into Assyria, and the Egyptians will serve with the Assyrians. In that day, Israel will be one of three with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the land, whom the Lord of hosts shall bless, saying, Blessed is Egypt my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel my inheritance. What? What did it just say about Egypt? Blessed is Egypt, my what? My people. So all this stuff that people have to say about Egypt, I don't know. But this particular scripture says that they belong to Yah. They belong to Jah. They belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They belong to the first and the last. They belong to the alpha and the Omega. They belong to the creator of the universe. They belong to the one whose, whose, whose man uh, or whose prophet dropped his staff 
which became a serpent and swallowed up all their serpents mm -hmm. that they belong to him, that they're his, that they belong to God most high. Egypt belongs to God. Does that make sense to y'all? Um, dear, uh, uh, people who, who talk crazy about Egypt saying, Oh, Egypt is just a type of the world. Oh, Egypt is going to be this and that. Yeah. Egypt is, you know, they got some issues. Um, I got some issues. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you got some issues. Yeah. But what did God say? God said that he will strike Egypt and that he will heal Egypt. Yep. And then he also said that Egypt would be one of three with Israel and Assyria. Mm -hmm. Yo. 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 One of three with Israel. What? Does that blow? My wife is looking at me. I don't know if it blows her mind as much <laughs> as it blows my mind. Well, it's very, very interesting because as you, the more, well, the more you hear about the, the word, if you don't read for yourself, you always hear Israel, 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 and that they are God's people. And that's it. You don't hear about anybody else, really. At least that's not what I was told. So to see scripture like this is interesting because it makes you think back and you wonder, well, you notice how pivotal Egypt is. Like every time there was a problem, not every time, but many times when there was a problem, God's people would go to Egypt. And there they would be protected for a time. And then when it was time to roll out, they would leave. But it's like a shelter or a city of refuge in a sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this this Egypt was all that. It was definitely a place of rest for um, Israel. Even when Babylon was chasing them around, you know, you had Nebuchadnezzar and uh my my main man um Ezekiel right and you had Jeremiah I think it was Jeremiah that was in Egypt for a time during the time of um Nebuchadnezzar um anyhow God here speaks very 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 highly of Egypt he mm -hmm. said blesses Egypt my people yep. now he only speaks from what I've seen <laughs> Egypt it's called one of three, yo. Like one of three. One of three. And it says with Israel and Assyria. However, if we take a, a very close look and we see the groups of people that God calls his people. First, we have um, Abraham and his descendants. Right. Mm -hmm. his, his descendants of promise. Um, the Israelites, the original Hebrews who, uh, had their roots first in Egypt and then they were transplanted into their own land of milk and honey yep. in the land of Canaan, which became the land of Israel. Mm -hmm. Right. So that original people were called God's people. Okay. And then from them, um, we see, here in Isaiah 19 that God also called Egypt his people he said that Egypt would return to him that means that Egypt once belonged to him yep return means going back to return 
<laughs> that that means like you know making a pilgrimage you know back to where you actually came from so in the end here i present to you that maybe egypt isn't a type of the world but perhaps egypt is a type of the prodigal son there was already a deep and a powerful faith that egypt possessed and they already had rights with the most high god now when was that time? That's a question to be asked. Some, you know, propose the idea that it was with Akhenaten, also known as Amenhotep III. Um, Amenhotep III, his name was changed, and he changed his name uh, to be a follower of the Aten. Now, what is Aten and who is all that? I don't know. I don't know. But... He was the first Egyptian uh, on record to embrace monotheism. And that's pretty deep in itself. Yep. I'm not going to say y'all believers start worshiping a 10. Like, nah, I'm not here to preach Noah 10. I'm not here to preach Akhenaten. But it is of note that Akhenaten converted to monotheism. That's something. And then God himself said that Egypt would return to him. They're parallel. If they don't match, if they're not in one, you know, if they're not in one line, if they're not sequential, then, you know, something's up. You know, something's very, very interesting about that coincidence. Uh, to me, at least. Me too. Um. So... Just like Abraham, his name was changed. Akhenaten's, or, you know, Amenhotep. Abram went to, you know, his name was converted to Abraham. That H-A was that breathing, or that some say that it's a, a part of uh, the Most High's name. His name is represented by four letters, the Tetragrammaton, yad Hey vav Hey. That that Hey part um, that occurs twice in that that tetragrammaton is actually represented in abraham's name uh between the the um a b r a and then that m from abram to abraham that hum that's where that that hey that that same thing is represented in abraham's name he became abraham now Amenhotep, he had a full name change from Amenhotep to Akhenaten, but he worshipped the Aten, um, and the Aten uh, was the sun god, and this sun god, right, um, according to some descriptions of uh, this, you know, some, some, some Egyptologists, they say that Akhenaten was referring to God's glory as the sun and that God's glory is upon everything and that you can't behold God's glory just like you can't behold the sun. And that's some crazy Ooh. preaching right there that will preach. And then, you know, there's also some people that said that, you know, when he went to the temple uh, 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 of a 10, that he would just become a regular worshiper and that he wasn't, you know, trying to exalt himself above the other believers, but that he would have to get on his face just as well as the other believers. Whereas other Egyptian kings, they would choose to be praised and venerated as a god. Different type of man. 
completely different from polytheism to monotheism now is that um is, is that what the return is referring to when is, is that when egypt was seeking god we don't know we have no idea maybe a tin was another idol maybe but he wasn't represented with pictures of corruptible things he, it, it wasn't uh, a bird or a, a man bird or a man dog or, you know, any men. It wasn't um, Akhenaten having people worship himself. Um, it was said that that was a symbol, just like the Ark of the Covenant was a symbol as well of the presence of the Most High God. And the Most High God showed up upon the Ark of the Covenant. I'm not saying... The Akhenaten was a believer, believer, but it looked like it to me, to some extent. So whether or not he was, the scripture says this. Egypt will return to him and that he said, blessed is my people, Egypt. And so we're looking forward to that day when Egypt returns to God. And. You know, you can call Egypt, you know, a type of the world or whatever else. But I want to agree with what scripture says here in Isaiah 19. And I'm going to be in prayer for that day to occur that Egypt will return to the most high God. And, you know, there will be a highway from Assyria, from Syria through uh, Israel all the way to the land of Egypt. And that they be three nations together, all worshiping God most high. That sounds like a beautiful thing. Well, my mind is made up about the matter until God says otherwise. This brief glimpse of scripture is not meant to make up your mind for you, but perhaps present to you things your pastor won't tell you. This is another episode of things your pastor won't tell you. I'm your brother, Israel Benjamin. And I'm Mrs. Benjamin. And... We hope you have a wonderful night. God bless.